Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 148. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? It's a couple weeks now after Halloween. What has the damage been is what I want to (laughs) know. How much of it did you eat? Did you tell yourself you weren't going to eat all the candy and then you did? Did you make it through the trick-or-treating night okay, but then you ended up eating a bunch of it at work and all the candy that people brought in from work? Did you end up eating all that? Did you end up eating the stash before the trick-or-treaters even came? (laughs) Did you avoid all of it? How did it go? Halloween used to be something I really, really struggled with. And over the course of time, with having enough Halloweens under my belt now, my Halloween was easy. It was legit, like not a problem. I was able to enjoy myself, even though we had ice cold rain coming down (laughs) as we went out. And we had a good time. The kids did their usual and they enjoyed their candy. And I legit did not even want any. And I'm telling you what, that is some serious freedom around food, right? You're not afraid. You're not thinking, oh, should I have it? Shouldn't I? I mean, did it cross my mind? Like, oh, that might taste good. It did. But then I reminded myself that it actually doesn't taste that good. (laughs) It's actually one of my kids. The kids did not get many Reese's peanut butter cups this year for some reason. It's always interesting to see what they get. And so I think two kids each got one Reese's peanut butter cup, I think is what happened. And so one ate it quickly and then the other one was eating it. And then they were all talking about how the dark chocolate peanut butter cups that Trader Joe's sells are way better than those Reese's peanut butter cups. And it did remind me, that's right. 
like those do really taste so much better. If I really want a peanut butter cup, I'm not going to eat a Reese's one. <laughs> I'm totally going to go get one that tastes really, really good. But what it comes down to is I don't really want that. And that is such, ah, oh gosh, it's just the best feeling. It's, it's so freeing. And I want that for all of you who listen, because it's something that I never even could have dreamed of happening for myself a couple of years ago, three, four years ago before I found all this life coaching work. Okay, let's talk today about not losing weight. (laughs) A little bit strange for weight loss podcast, but I think that this is something that so many people struggle with. And I really want to talk about it. It's kind of like, it's like a self-sabotage slash fear of losing weight kind of a thing. And what it all comes down to is ultimately self-worth. And I've done another podcast about self-worth in the past that resonated with so many of you, I know. But I want to talk about it on a little bit of a deeper, different level. What I find is that for a lot of the clients that I work with, and, and honestly, the way that I even approach things was that I wanted to lose the weight so that I could feel worthy, right? Like I didn't feel, I, I never honestly had like the conscious thought of like, I am not a worthy human being. That's not something that was in my inner dialogue. But deeper down, I really felt like I would be valuable, I could accept myself and that I would ultimately be okay. If I lost the weight, once I lost the weight, then everything would be better. And for a lot of people, this is how we approach weight loss. And I tell you all the time that turns out you lose the weight and your brain's the same, unfortunately. (laughs) So if you haven't done the work on your brain, you'll just find other excuses, other evidence that you are doing a bad job. And you might even create some self-sabotage to regain the weight in order to prove that if you don't change your thinking, you don't investigate that. So for those of you who have yo-yoed a lot and you don't know what your deal is, why you can't get your weight stabilized, it has a lot to do with that. But then there's another subset of people who are overweight and they know what to do and they can do it like maybe a little bit, but they are constantly, constantly resisting the whole process of losing weight. It's like part of them wants to lose weight desperately and part of them really doesn't want to lose weight. And so it's more the big picture prefrontal cortex part of them that's like, yes, I want to lose weight. This is better for me. It's healthier for me. And then there's that more primitive brain part of them that's like, absolutely not. Nope, nope, nope. And so there's a lot of self-sabotage in the form of little bites, licks, and tastes, deciding not to eat flour and sugar, but then having it (laughs) at the meal, even when you've planned out your food in advance, just constantly going against your plan or resisting planning at all, just going against what you know will really help you. And I was recently coaching one of my clients who's been with me for a while about this. And we really identified something that I think is going on for so many of you as well who struggle with this. And really what it comes down to in this scenario is believing that you are so not valuable that you don't even deserve to lose weight. Like if you lose weight, then you would be a valuable person and you're not a valuable person. So you can't lose weight. Your brain will actually sabotage you, right? And in this case, this client was telling me, she's like, I plan everything out. I've got all my food. I eat my lunch. And then all of a sudden I just think, oh, a little candy corn won't make a big difference. It's not going to make a big deal. I'm already eating. It's not going to be a big issue. And then all of a sudden I'm eating bread with my dinner or things like that. Like things that just 
are what she knows <laughs> are not going to give her the results that she wants, but basically will confirm that bias that her brain has that she is someone who is overweight and basically doesn't deserve to lose weight. Like if she lost weight, she would be someone who she isn't. And really what that comes down to is completely shaking your identity. It's like she doesn't even know who that person would be. Like who would she be? If she lost the weight, then she'd be valuable, but she doesn't even know who that person is. She doesn't even know how to be that person, how to live her life as that person. And I see this often with people who have a significant amount of weight to lose. There's something about the 200 pound mark that can really spin people out. Above 200 pounds, they are someone who is overweight and they might feel justified in overeating because they're already overweight. Maybe they have friends who are also overweight and they overeat together. They spend a lot of time overeating, thinking about food, but also sometimes dieting together. Sometimes there's a lot of connection that we can have with other people surrounding our weight and our over-desire for food. And then they start thinking about losing the weight and they're like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. There's something about becoming less than 200 pounds, even if there's still a considerable amount of weight still have to lose something under 200 pounds can really shake people where they start thinking, you know what, I'm no longer that overweight person. I don't know how to be a thin person. I don't know who that person is. Now, those thoughts tend to not be right top of mind. But when we dig deeper, that's what it tends to be about. It tends to be like there's this safety in having the extra weight on my body. And it feels very unsafe. It feels very frightening to be someone who is thinner. We don't know. It's like changing your whole life around. <laughs> and that can be really, really scary. So I want to shed first just some light on that. Because what we tend to do when we make plans to eat a certain way and we don't follow it is we make that mean something even more negative about ourselves. We like to sit there and tell ourselves that we are just lacking discipline, that we're weak, that something is wrong with us because we can't follow our plan. We then start to believe, well, it's just not possible for me to lose weight. Like I just am not someone who can do it. And then we take that into our identity, right? I'm someone who lacks value, lacks self-worth, and I don't deserve to lose weight. And then my brain will reinforce that with all these other <laughs> supporting beliefs that there's all these flaws, these character flaws or personality flaws that I have that ensures that I'll never lose this weight. And so when we focus on like, how do I just not eat the candy corn? Like, could I maybe just have like some, like some fruit so I can have some sweet then? Like we're completely missing the point, <laughs> right? When we're like, what is that thing? Like, could I have something with some stevia in it? Because I just kind of want some sweetness after my meal. Like, no, like that is not what this is about, right? You will not need the sweetness <laughs> when you are no longer trying to get away from something that you believe. And that's really what this is. It's like, I'm doing something that goes against my belief. My belief is I'm not valuable. And I am not someone who can be thin, because if I were thin, I'd be valuable. And I'd be lovable. And I'd be whole and complete. And I'm not that person. And that's what I believe. So of course, I'm going to sabotage myself unknowingly, right? Like it's going to be something that I'm not even consciously aware of. Because that primitive brain will do what it takes to keep confirming those beliefs that you have. So changing beliefs, of course, is a huge, huge, huge part of this. But another part of it 
is starting to become familiar with that new identity, with that identity as someone who is thin and also still may be very flawed, (laughs) right? (laughs) Understanding that value and the val- you being a valuable person, you being a lovable person, you being a person who is worthwhile to take up space and breathe air on this planet has nothing to do with your size. But thinking about someone who thinks in that way, who thinks that they are valuable. Now, maybe this is someone that you know, maybe it's someone that you just envision, but this person who is thinner, who believes that she's valuable And then just exploring what it might be like to understand her better. So you're not asking yourself to become her yet. You're just taking away the fear of the unknown, which is a huge part of this. It's like, I don't know who that person is. That person lives like some other life. And I don't know who she is. It's it's funny. Sometimes we think like that person who weighs 10 pounds less than me, weighs 50 pounds less than me, weighs 100 pounds less than me. Not only is she thinner and valuable and has good self-worth and self-confidence, but she always plans her food, never has a negative emotion, (laughs) plans her time and follows her schedule all the time, has the most hotel-ready house that you've ever seen. Like she could host people in an Airbnb at any time. Like we start to think that that person has literally everything put together. They have it all together all the time. It seems so unattainable and so out of reach that we immediately just reject her. We decide I can't ever possibly be her, which is true because no human being is like that. Right? So then forget it. I'm just going to self-sabotage and stay here in, in the relative comfort of not losing the weight. And I say relative comfort because there is still the discomfort in being overweight, right? It's just less uncomfortable than doing the work to lose the weight and to change the way you think about yourself. But when you think about that person, so, okay, so she has this opinion of herself where she believes that she's a valuable human being and she's valuable when she does great things. She's also valuable when she screws things up royally, when she is an awesome mother and when she totally screams at her kids, when she eats in a way that serves her body, and when sometimes she goes off the rails a little bit. Like she thinks she's valuable and lovable no matter what she does, that her lovability and value and worth is inherent and not something that is able to be shifted or changed no matter what she does or doesn't do. Then you start thinking about that person and you start exploring what their brain is like how they feel and what their actions are as though you were an anthropologist discovering (laughs) a new civilization of people that had never been discovered before. had never been understood or seen by the outside world. And you have to think about that. Think about maybe going into the Amazon rainforest and finding some new civilization that had never seen Western people and going in there and just being fascinated by everything. Like, how do they do that? Just being totally curious. Interesting. They do that. I wonder why. Like not judging any of it. 
not doing it the way that explorers hundreds of years ago who found those civilizations judged them thinking like these are heathens and they need to be modernized for sure. Instead, just being really open and interested in what that person's life is like. Just get to know it so it becomes more familiar so your brain can even start to entertain the idea that that might even be possible for you right? Recognizing that you have maybe these ridiculous expectations of what might be required of you or what you would have to be doing to be thin and have a positive self-opinion and all these other things. Like none of that is relevant at all. Your opinion of yourself and your value and how lovable you are, how much you deserve love, all of that is inherent right now. You're 100% valuable right now. You're 100% worthy right now. You're 100% lovable right now. What's always so interesting is you're 100% lovable, but when someone doesn't love you, that's on them, right? That's a reflection of their ability to love. But when you are 100% lovable and you don't love yourself, that's just a reflection of your ability or your capability of offering love to yourself. It doesn't mean that you're not lovable. It just means that you have not increased that capability to be able to offer yourself that love. Think about that. Let that settle in for a moment. So you can become that person who's valuable now at no matter what weight you are, no matter how you're eating, no matter how many drinks you're having at night, no matter how you treat your family, your spouse, your children, no matter what the horrible thoughts are you have about your patients and your work and your coworkers. Like that's all inherent. And once you really have that feeling of compassion for yourself and being a whole human who just struggles the way humans do, and that doesn't, that struggle doesn't take away any of your value as a human being, then from that place, you can start entertaining, maybe following your plan sometimes. And even when you want something a little sweet, going like, it's okay, I don't really need it because I know I'm valuable. I value myself enough to not go against what I know will help me, right? Then you just lose weight because you want to lose weight, not because you have to, not because, because it's something that you should do, right? It's that idea that you should be losing weight that ends up making so many of us not lose the weight. Like this is really something that goes down to the deeper core of why we struggle with our weight, And on that note, I want to wish you a wonderful week and I will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.